God has certainly burdened my heart for this service. We do feel honored for this opportunity, and uh, we do feel good about being here. We've not just come to go through the motions and just um, add another service to your normal weekly schedule, but we've come to have revival. Amen. We've come to see the will of God accomplished. Amen. Delighted that my sweetheart gets to travel with me, and uh, we're on our summer schedule, which for the last two years means that we're, uh, we're experimenting with the empty nest syndrome, and our son, when we uh, began to evangelize this time, almost two years ago, stayed in Tulsa. He was involved in college and uh, very involved in the church there. Our daughter, who just turned 18, t- still travels with us, but these last two summers has spent time in Tulsa for um, the summer activities for our home church. And, uh, and so our trailer <clears throat> is a whole lot quieter and a whole lot less dramatic in her absence. Amen, but I'm willing to put up with a little drama. Amen. And all the men with daughters said amen. Praise God. Want to go to the word of the Lord tonight. Song of Solomon chapter 3. God has dealt with me today. And um, perhaps a little bit different way to start a revival. Maybe, but if this is what God wants, I refuse to question God. There is a very special work that God wants to do tonight, and I challenge every one of us. Amen. Now, these are just, I know I'm making some introductory remarks and comments, but I want want everybody to listen to what I'm saying right now very carefully. No matter who you are, where you are in God, you can't afford to be satisfied with your present spiritual location. I'm not talking about being discontented with God. I'm I'm satisfied with God, but I'm not satisfied with where I am in God. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So none of us have arrived. None of us have it made. None of us have done enough good. And none of us have done too much bad. Amen. Verse 1 of Solomon's song. By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought for him, but I found him not. I will rise now and go about the city and the streets and in the broad ways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth. It was but a little while that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. There is a phrase that 
each verse of Scripture that we have read here tonight, each verse contains this phrase, whom my soul loveth, whom my soul loveth. And that's what I feel to preach tonight. Amen. Whom my soul loveth. Amen. Would you lift up your hands tonight? And as you do, open up your heart. Lift up your voice. Would you pray the grace of God upon me to minister the will of God tonight and upon your hearts to receive the will of God. Lord, I bless your name. Hallelujah, I pray the grace of God in this place tonight. I pray the hand of God upon every one of us in this place. God, we bind every hindrance. We take authority and dominion over every spirit of fear and doubt and unbelief, anything that would oppose or exalt itself against the knowledge of God, anything that would work in opposition to the will of God, we bind it right now in the precious name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that before the service is concluded that your word will be confirmed with signs following. And everyone said in Jesus' name, please be seated. The 22nd chapter of Matthew's gospel. There was a Pharisee that asked a question. Seems that he knows the answer to the question before he asks it, but he is curious to find the philosophy, the feelings, the idea that the Lord Jesus has concerning this question. The question is in verse 36, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? The very next verse, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy Mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second he follows is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then he makes a statement that shakes me tonight and stirs me on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. He is speaking to a very religious man. He said these two commandments, loving the Lord your God with everything that you have and loving your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments. These are the hinges 
upon which the entire word of God swings. Jesus is saying all the word of God that we have. At that point in time, it was the law and the prophets. It was the Old Testament, if you please. And Jesus said, not only is this the first and great commandment, but it is so important It is of such utmost importance that everything else in the word of God hangs upon this concept and this principle and this commandment to love with all your heart. Amen. The the, the uh, commandment that he was asked about uh, is spoken for the first time, uh, chapter six of Deuteronomy, uh, a part of the law. Deuteronomy six and five, uh, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God uh, with all thine heart uh, and with all thy soul. Uh, and with all thy might. Now this is an apostolic church. It meant we have a revelation of the mighty God in Christ Jesus. We're not confused tonight about who Jesus is. We have an understanding of the oneness of God for the previous verse verse 4 of Deuteronomy 6 hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord Amen. And we get excited about it as well we should. And we get stirred up about it as well we should. And we get exuberant about it as well we should. But that is not the end of that revelation. And following this, connected to it, and in conjunction with it, amen, don't just have a revelation of how many gods there is. Amen. But have a revelation of how you're to feel about that one God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't just shout about a revelation, but let your soul get in canes. Amen. Don't just pop your suspenders. Amen. And think that you've arrived because you've got a one God revelation. What good is knowing how many gods there are if the infections of your soul, amen, the desires of your heart are not in alignment with his will. Praise God. Amen. Heart, soul, and might. Your feelings, your vitality, and vehemently. This is not a casual approach. This is not a take it easy and chill out approach. 
but with all thine heart. Get your feelings and your will and your intellect involved. Amen. Get your heart engaged. Amen. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all. This is not a suggestion. This is as much a commandment as thou shalt not covet. And thou shalt have no other gods before me. As a matter of fact, the Ten Commandments aren't that grievous when you really get this commandment the way it should be gotten and received. Amen. When you love, my God, I feel my help coming on me right now. When you love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might, amen, you're not looking for anything else. You don't have any trouble putting him first in your life. He has no other competition in your mind, in your feelings, in your emotions, in your desires. Could it be tonight I'm preaching to somebody that you have such a struggle. Amen. Keeping God where he belongs in your life. You have such a hard time doing everything the word of God commands you to do. Could it be amen it's not a mind issue. Could it be it's not an emotional issue. Could it be it's a love issue. My God, it's time for this church to fall in love all over again with the God that loved you first. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm preaching tonight uh, that when he asks you to love him with all of you, uh, it's not too much to ask. Uh, this is not too much to require. Uh, this is not too much to demand. Uh, he's not being unreasonable uh, in any way, shape, matter, or form uh, because John said we love him uh, because he first uh, loved uh, us. Amen. Paul wrote to the church at Rome, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth or exhibited his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. I find this interesting. He's not writing this to sinners. He's writing this to the church. He's writing this to saints. He's writing this to one God that believe in Jesus name baptized Holy Ghost filled believers. He's writing this to the church and to the saints that were at Rome. He said folks don't get out of balance. Don't get out of focus. Remember there was a time when you didn't have what you needed. You were without strength. You couldn't get it done. But when the time was right there was something that happened that forever changed your eternal course. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He said, you're gonna have a hard time finding someone to die for the unrighteous. 
As a matter of fact, you'll have a hard time even finding someone to die for the righteous. Much less just a good man. He said, folks that are really making a contribution to society, you'll have a hard time finding someone to die for them. Mind the book tonight? Romans 5 and 8 or 5 and 7 for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Amen. The ones in line that won't is a lot more than the ones in line that will. Amen. But Paul said, I want you to understand something. While we were yet sinners, he said, you can't find anybody in the world to die if it been for the good or for the righteous. But he said that God exhibited, God manifested, God showed forth and proved his love in that while we were yet sinners, when our back was turned on him, when our life was not focused on him, when he was the furthest thing from our minds, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah, I'm preaching tonight. He meant his love for us is not performance based. You can't do enough to deserve his love. You can't do enough good to be good enough for him to love you. And you hear me tonight, you can't do enough bad to be too bad for him to love you. I'm preaching tonight, he loves you because that's who he is and that's who you are. God is love. He meant he'll love you if you're stoned. He'll love you if you're drunk. He'll love you if you're perverted. He'll love you if you're bound by sin. He'll love you if you're a liar. He'll love you if you're a cheat. He'll love you if you're a false prophet. The love of God is not based on your performance. Amen, but I gotta tell you uh, that just because he loves you, uh, his love uh, is not approval. I don't know what a child could do to cause a parent to stop loving them. I can't think of anything that Jonathan or Kalen, our son and daughter, could do that would cause me to stop loving them. But there's a lot of things that they could do that I wouldn't approve of. They would be welcome in my home, but they couldn't do, amen, those things that I disapproved of. I said they could come into my house but they got to leave their habits outside. 
they could come into the sanctuary of my abode, but they gotta leave their lifestyle behind. I, I would love them regardless. Amen, but I wouldn't approve of their lifestyle. Amen, man's religion has perverted the love of God. And because he loves us no matter what, amen, man's religion says we're saved no matter what. They said he loves us, so he gives us grace. And he looks the other way. Amen, that's not grace. That's deception. The Bible declares that the grace of God teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present Hallelujah. Can you help me preach tonight, church? Amen. God loves everybody. And he loves you enough to make a way for you to change. He loves you enough to make a way for you to get out of the sin that you're bound by. He loves you enough to go to great lengths and efforts to call you out of darkness into his marvelous life. A parent that sees a child about to do something dangerous and doesn't try to stop them. Amen, I question their love. Well, I don't want to hurt little Johnny's feelings. Well, I'd rather hurt his feelings and him live than for me to let him go his merry way and do something that he doesn't have sense enough not to do. Come on, somebody. Amen. I know this is not very PC, what I'm preaching here tonight. Amen. I had very strict parents. Amen. But there was never a day in my life that I ever thought that my parents didn't love me. As a matter of fact, I got uh, the speech on multiple occasions. Amen. When my father would set me down, most of the time, it was before great pain was about to be inflicted upon that part of my body that God created for such an event. And man, you know where I'm going, son. I'm doing this because I love you. And I'm thinking, Daddy, if you love me, don't do it. I mean, what kind of twisted, demented, psychotic love does my father have that he wants to see tears run down my eyes? He wants to cause my backside to turn red. Amen. There's a lot. I'm, 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 I'm funning just a little bit. Amen. Even as a child, I understood the reason. Amen, because after the fact, he told me I'm about to do this because I love you. What he was saying was, I love you enough to try to get you to stop what you're doing that's gonna do damage to you someday. It may not mean that big a deal right now, but this will lead to something that's a bigger deal than this. It may have been just a little bit of a sassy attitude, but if I don't correct that, it'll be full-blown rebellion 
singing someday. And I want the word of your father to mean enough to you that just a still small voice is enough. Hey, come on, somebody. Jesus said, if our earthly fathers know how to do that, if our earthly fathers know how to manifest love, how much more does our heavenly father? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the Bible declares that whom he loveth, he chasteneth be times over and over again. Some of the most valuable experiences I've ever endured, I use those words carefully, are times of severe chastening. When not just my parents, but my pastor, a man of God. Are you hearing me tonight? God loved me enough to put parameters in my life. God loved me enough to tell me no to my flesh. God loved me enough to correct me. Hallelujah. I know where I'm at tonight. Amen. I know I'm swimming upstream to a lot of modernistic, uh, man-made religious philosophy. Amen. But there's a spirit and a stronghold in this day and hour that needs to be confronted. God is not evil. God is not perverted. God is not sadistic. He's not psychotic. There's nothing wrong with him. Amen. He is a good God. And every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Our God is consistent. It's not yes today and no tomorrow. It's not, it's not okay today and okay tomorrow. It's not it was wrong a hundred years ago, but it's okay now he is the same yesterday and today and forever but not only is his doctrine consistent and his truth consistent but his love is just as consistent amen as his word and he loved me enough to send the truth to me while I was yet a sinner he died John chapter 6, there were those that were impressed with his abilities. And Jesus, when they found him, answered and said, You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. You partook and were blessed. And you enjoyed the blessing. And so that's why you're here. You're, you're looking for a blessing. You're wanting to come into my presence and just feel good. I'm not preaching for your amens tonight. Amen. I'm preaching for your soul. I'm reaching for everybody in this place. And I'm, I'm preaching to me. And I'm preaching to everybody in this place. 
later in that same chapter and setting, many therefore of his disciples when they heard this said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Hey man, I don't have to listen to this. I don't have to put up with this. Who does that preacher think he is to tell me what I can do and what I can't do? Where I can go and where I can't go. How I can dress and how I can't dress. How I can live and how I can't live. This is a hard saying. I'm going to find me somewhere where I can do what I want to do and still get blessed. I'm going to tell you something. Amen. That's not love. Jesus loved those people. And he loved them enough to get in their business and say, listen, folks, it's not about the blessing. I'm not a meal ticket. I'm a provider, yes. I'm a healer, yes. I'm a way maker, yes. But I've come to bring deliverance. Amen. There's got to come a point in your life where you've got to realize if I keep doing what I'm doing, if I keep feeling like I'm feeling, if I keep living like I'm living, I'm going to pay eternal consequence. And so I'm going to preach straight to you. I'm going to draw the line straight. And you're going to say, how could a God that loved me let this happen to me? It's because he does love you that he allows it to happen so he might get your attention so you'll stop doing what's wrong. It doesn't take a normal child very many times, even before they can speak the English language, a little, no. There's a time or two, we've all seen it happen, when they're reaching for what they've gotten told not to reach for, and they start to reach for it, and you see the recognition come on their face. I remember what happened to me last time. I touched that. I'm not going to touch that anymore because that brought pain to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But it was a lot less pain in the correction than it would have been in the consequences. I'm telling you that's love. When God is willing to inflict pain into our lives to keep us from more pain of the consequences of our foolish decisions. I'm telling you, it hurts worse when God leaves you alone and lets you go ahead and touch it. I said it hurts worse when God says, go ahead and touch it and see what happens to you. Oh, he must really love me. He's just going to let me do what I want to do. My, what a God of love. What a God of compassion. What an awesome God. There's no correction. There's no provision. There's no admonition. Oh, what a great God. I get to do what I want to do, and I want to do it as long as I want to. Amen. And pain comes. I'm telling you, his love is proved. In that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He made a way that I don't have to suffer the consequences of sin. He And it might hurt for a little while. Amen. It might not be enjoyable. But it's a whole lot less painful than the consequences of my foolish decisions.
how embarrassing it must have been for those two angels to get a hold of Lot and his family and lead them out of the city. This is what your Bible said was really happening. The Lord was being merciful unto them. God was getting them out of the path of destruction because he loved them enough to send a messenger to say you need to change where you're living. Would you lift up your hands right now? Let's love him. Come on, let's let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Come on, get your ears open tonight, somebody. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. From that time, the Bible says, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Amen. Not rank strangers, his disciples those that had devoted a portion of their life to his ministry, those that it wasn't just a few moments of impressive performance, but his disciples, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Come on, don't think that you're exempt Saint of God, do you hear me tonight? Don't think that you've got it made because you've been coming to church five or ten years. Don't think that you've got a corner on God's market. Amen. Because you were raised in church and you've raised your kids in church and now they're raising their kids in church. Many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And then he turned to the 12 and he said, will you do likewise? Will you also go away? It all went back to his performance. It all went back to the loaves and fishes. And when Jesus said, what are you going to do when I stop breaking the loaves? What are you going to do when I start opening up my mouth and I break the words of life and I tell you a hard saying? What are you going to do when I draw the line? It's not a blessing and it's not a miracle. It's not a healing. What are you going to do when it's doctrine instead of a miracle? What are you going to do when it's a correction rather than a blessing? What are you going to do when I manifest and prove my love to you? And his disciples, many of them, said, this is not for me. It was all about his performance. Their affection was performance-based. And I'll tell somebody tonight it wasn't really love. They were infatuated with Jesus. They were impressed with Jesus. They didn't really love him. But there were some men that Jesus turned and looked at him and said, Are you going to? And the spokesman for the group, Simon Peter, said, Lord, whom do we have but you? Jesus, it's not about your miracles. It's about you. It's not about what you do, Lord. It's about who you are. Thou art the Christ. 
the son of the living God. You cannot do one more miracle and we'll still be your disciples. Because I love you. My Lord, I'm preaching to somebody tonight. I know this is a weird way to start off a revival. Amen. But I'm preaching and I'm reaching for somebody that's infatuated with Jesus. You're impressed with God. I'm telling you, there is a better place when you go beyond impression and you go beyond infatuation and you get your soul involved and you get your spirit engaged. It's more than just your feelings and your thoughts, but thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. There was a woman the Bible said it was very obvious that she loved him. For the third day, very early in the morning, she came to the sepulcher bringing spices that she might anoint his body and when she arrived she saw the stone was rolled away Amen. she ran from that place and found Peter and John and she told them they've taken away the Lord we don't know where they've laid them they dropped what they were doing and ran to the graveyard the Bible said that John outran Simon Peter but he stopped at the mouth of the grave and looked in and Peter ran on in and started looking around and they saw that what Mary told them was the truth the stones rolled away. The grave clothes are laying there. The Bible says they went back. But Mary stood without weeping. Her emotions were affected because she really wanted to spend time with Jesus. She looks in, Pastor Riggin, and sees angels. And the angels ask her, why are you crying? And she treats those angels like they were anybody else. Can you tell me where Jesus is? What would you do if you looked in a grave and saw an angel? But I didn't come to see an angel. I come to see Jesus. I'm not in love with the supernatural. I'm in love with Jesus. I'm not in love with his performance. I'm in love with him. Oh! Mm. Pastor Rick, and there's people that used to be in this church that are not here tonight. Amen, because they loved what he did, but they didn't love him. That's why when the line got drawn, they hit the road. Because they loved the blessings. They loved the meal ticket. They loved what he did. They loved what they felt. They loved his performance. But when the rubber met the road, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. But thanks be unto God, there's a place beyond infatuation. There's a place beyond impression. There's a place of head over heels. Amen. Not in love with what he does, but in love with who he is. Lord, it's not what you do. It's who you are. And she thinks it's the gardener that walks up and notice what the man who she thinks the gardener asks her. Woman, 
Why weepest thou whom seekest thou? I want to know, sis, are your emotions attached to somebody? Is it because you're looking for somebody that you're crying? Is it about a what, sis? Or is it about a who? And she says, it's about Jesus. And then Jesus revealed himself to her. I'm not trying to belabor the point tonight, but Pastor Riggin, do you suppose that Peter and John saw the gardener as they made their way out? Do you reckon they might have even nodded their head and spoke to him as they made their way out of the garden? They weren't looking for him. He reveals himself to those that are looking for him. He reveals, oh my God, he reveals himself to those who are not afraid to get emotional about his presence. Not his performance, but his presence. He wasn't doing any miracles that day. Amen, at Simon's house. He was just sitting down eating a meal. But there was a woman that loved him that unwrapped her hair and took a box of spikenard, a precious ointment, and anointed his feet and wept and washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. beyond infatuation and impression it was love I love you Jesus Simon Jesus speaks to the man when they were through eating a miraculous meal These fish that they didn't catch that Jesus cooked. Simon, lovest thou me more than these? Hear this, church. Lovest thou me more than these? Do you love me more than what I do? Do you love me or do you love what I do? Simon, do you agape me? Do you have a God love to me? And Simon's reply was, Lord, you know that I love you. But the word he used there is not the same word Jesus used. Simon used the Greek word phileo, which means to be a friend to. Uh, to be affectionate toward, to be fond of. Uh, Lord, you know I really think you're great. Simon, lovest thou me? Do you agape me? Lord, you know I phileo you. You know I really think you're great, God. 
The Bible said it grieved Simon because the third time Jesus asked, he asked Simon, do you phileo me? Is that how you really feel about me? I'm just a good guy. I'm a good friend. You're fond of me. You have some affection toward me, but that's all there is to it. Lord, Lord, you know that's what it is. I wonder what would happen tonight if somebody would be honest with how you really feel about Jesus. When the word of God comes on the first night of a revival and asks you, do you really love me? Or are you just impressed with my performance? Are you hanging around because I'll multiply some loaves and fishes or when the going gets tough, will you still be around? When your life gets threatened, when the cupboard is bare, the babies are sick, bills are due, the bank's overdrawn, is it just about what I do? Or is it about who I am? In Solomon's song, as you stand tonight, typology of the church, the bride, and Jesus the groom. And there was a cry in the night that went out from the church. I sought him whom my soul loveth. I've gotten my soul involved. You know, there's a lot of things I could have preached tonight. Nothing wrong with anything that we've done in this service. But I've been around the block enough to know that there were some folks here tonight you were just enjoying the blessings. It felt good. I saw it on your face. I saw it in your body language. This is just a good time. This is fun. But what about in the valley of the shadow of death? What about when in this life you shall have tribulation? disciples history tells us that John was the only disciple that died of natural causes every other disciple was was a martyr they were slain for the gospel's sake how could a God that loved them let that happen to them it's not always about his performance. It's about his person. It's not what he does. It's who he is. I don't know all the trappings of the spiritual landscape in this area, but I know enough about what I feel tonight to know that there is a prevalent spirit just about everywhere that says, 
Just leave me alone and give me a blessing. It's a prevalent spirit in this age that's trying to worm its way into the church. I enjoy blessings as much as anybody else. I love to do what we sung about tonight, sing and dance and worship. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not all there is to it. I love him because he first loved me. I don't love him because of what he's done for me. I love him because of who he is. My soul loveth the Lord. And I sought him whom my soul it's not just a momentary infatuation or a passing feeling of fondness. It's a love that's found its way into my soul. And my soul loves him. Would you lift up your hands tonight? Close your eyes. Come on, let's let the Lord. Let's let the Lord do what he wants to do in this place tonight. the watchman have you seen whom my soul loveth and just a little while I found him and I held him and would not let him go come on somebody get your soul engaged tonight come on don't just hang around the church be the church Come on, go beyond his performance. Go beyond what he does and get into who he is. My God, the Holy Ghost is reaching for somebody right now. He's whom my soul loveth. He's whom my soul loveth. He's whom my soul my soul loveth. He's whom my soul loveth. Come on, let your soul fall in love tonight. Amen. Not just your thought processes, not your emotional feelings, not your physical satisfaction, but let your soul fall in love tonight. It's not his performance. It's not what he's done. It's not his miracles. It's who he is.
My God, I want to pass the love test tonight. I don't wish harm on anybody. But if it happens, I want to stay in love with Jesus. My soul loves you, Jesus. My soul loves you, Lord. Come on, let your soul cry. Let your heart cry. Let your spirit cry. Come on, I'm not telling you he'll never bless you again. But I'm telling you if he never does, don't fall out of love with him. I'm not preaching he'll never heal again. But I am preaching if he never does, stay in love with him. I'm not saying he'll never provide again. But I am saying if he never does, I'm still loving him. it's not about what it's about who my God I'm weeping not because of what you've done but because of who you are I want to spend time in your presence I want to spend time with you Jesus I'm afraid I've messed up somebody's apple cart tonight. Church is just about a jump. Church for you is about a few trips around the building. Church to you is leaping a few times, talking in tongues a little bit. Church for you is a little blessing every now and then. Come on, it's got to be more than that. Amen. Church is not what, it's who. Church is not what I do, it's who I am. It's not what Jesus does, it's who Jesus is. Hallelujah. Amen. He's my savior. He's my healer. He's my provider. He's my helper. It's who he is. He may never heal, but I'm going to worship him as my healer. It's not about his performance. It's not about my feelings. He loves me enough to embrace me after he chastises me. And I love him enough not to pull away. 
I get lost in his embrace because I really love him. I love you, Jesus. Come on, it's not a one-way street, church. Come on, I know we focus a lot on his love for us. But tonight, he wants us to focus on our love to him. Everybody knows he loves me. But I want him to know that I love him tonight. Listen, church, God sent his word to you tonight. Focusing on your love toward him. And the expression of that love that you have for him way down deep in your soul. Understand tonight, messages like this. Not always the easiest kind of message to respond to. But I wonder what would happen the remainder of this service if we would just do what he sent his word tonight asking us to do. And that's love him. Why don't you get your hands away from your face and get them up in the air. Why don't you get your eyes from down toward the floor and lift them up to the heavens tonight. <laughs> Lord, it's not about me. It's about you tonight. Hey, hey, hey. Come on, there it is.
Hey! God, I've not come to ask for anything. God, I've not reaching. I'm offering. I love you, Jesus. Come on, let love flow tonight. <laughs> Come on, let that love be expressed. Take some time and let your soul. Have you seen whom my soul loveth? My God, somehow or another, I've lost track of the slaver of my soul. Come on, it was the church. The bride of Christ was saying, I got distracted and I lost sight of my lover. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. But I'm not going to lay around waiting on him to come home. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go look for him. Because I love him. I'm going to walk the streets looking for the lover of my soul. My God, Jesus said, through the prophets, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. Come on, we're making a connection now in the Holy Ghost. Come on, speak that love language tonight. Yeah, 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 you no more shataba. It's who you are. My God, I found him. I found him. I got reconnected. And the bride said, I got a hold of him. And I held him. And I would not let him go. My God, you've gotten busy. You've gotten distracted. You've gotten depressed. You've gotten burdened. You've gotten disillusioned. You've gotten misunderstood. You've gotten let down. And you got your eyes off the one your soul loves. I'm telling you, if you look for him, you'll find him tonight. Church, if you look for him, you'll find him. My God, get a hold of heart all over again. Get a hold of God all over again. Come on. You get a hold of him. Amen. Tonight it's not about he feels about us. It's how we feel about him. It's not about him getting a hold of us. It's about us getting a hold of him. I love you, Jesus.
God, I know who you are tonight. I know who you are tonight. I know who you are tonight. Come on, love him unreservedly. Love him with all your heart. Love him with all your soul. Love him with all your might. Love him intently. Love him intensely. Love him vehemently. <laughs>